Cliffcentral.com. Welcome to the Futurology Show, proudly brought to you by MTN Business. Hello, B2. Hey, B1. How are you doing? Okay, and you? Thanks, MTN, for sticking with us again. I know, it's awesome. Hey? Show two with a sponsor. Woo! <laughs> I believe they're going to stick around for a while. I don't know if that's by choice or because they've signed an agreement. But oh, either way, we why have Why would to... you want to leave us anyway? So that's cool. Well, I'll tell you what. I'm actually going to break the rules a bit. Instead of going straight into the app of the week, I'm yeah. actually going to talk about MTN Business. Yeah, because you were at the, the app of the year. And? I was there. How was that? It was actually freaking amazing. And I think the most important thing that I took away from the whole show is that if you want to get onto MTN Business App of the Year Award, you need to come onto our show. Um, oh, really? It's all I guess there. <laughs> well, um, Zappa was a finalist in something. Yeah. Uh, they had like nine or ten categories. And Kaching actually won the Innovative App of the Year Award. Wow. So cool. I, I have to believe that it's because they came on our yes. show. No, for it sure. can't be because no. they had a great impact, app or anything impact. else. Definitely. Great. All right. So now that I've kind of broken the rules a bit, um, <laughs> let's go back to... Uh, the app of the week. In fact, this week, Brett, you got to play with it as well, didn't you? Maybe. Didn't I? What is it? Okay, so it, it's um. <laughs> oh, yeah, what are back, we talking about? We're talking about the app. What did Sorry. I play with? Okay, yes. Okay, I think you got to play with the app of the week called Golden Hour One. Yes. Okay, you did. I did. So Golden Hour One is just one of those little things that you kind of stumble upon. Um. If you if you like photography and if you take a lot of photography or if you like to think that you're a serious photographer, what it basically does is it maps out the right time of the day um, and location to get blue light or ideal light. And your golden hour. And your golden hour, yeah. hence the name, golden hour one. Yeah. Um, so, like, if you're going to do a shoot in, well, look, if you're going to do a shoot in Cape Town, you fucked because the weather there is so unpredictable. And there's but lots like, of mics that cast no- shadow. I know, and yeah. they cast shadows everywhere. Not that our guests are from Cape Town, and that's why their mics are off at the moment, so they can't argue back. Um, but anyway, so let's take a normal place like Joburg, where things are predictable and flat and don't have big mountains in the way. You've lived in Joburg for a while then, I think. Uh, yeah, you I think have. things are predictable in Joburg. <laughs> well, according to the ANC, they're not. what the hell? <laughs> I, okay, know, we'll I knew you were going there. Nice. Um, so basically, back to the app, um, you you put your location in mm. uh, where you want to take the, sh- the the picture and the time, and it shows you graphically what direction the light will be coming from, cool. from a sunrise point of view. So all those indie view. producers and DOPs and... Yeah, well, it's your world. I mean, you know when you're doing there? an outdoor shoot. So yeah. it, beats, it beats the finger trick. We used to hold the, 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 bottom, the top of your top finger underneath the sun and the bottom of your bottom finger underneath the, or on the horizon. And uh, every finger represented five minutes that you had left of sunlight before the sun was gone. So this is a lot better. If you don't want to stare at the sun, then, then try and... Do some visual much work. better use for my fingers than that, but that's a great idea. Oh, well. And um, <laughs> yeah, I can tap my screen, pick my nose, all other good things. Keep I know where you were going. No, that's good. Um, so yeah, that was the <laughs> the app of the week, and I must say I really did enjoy it. it it's I think it's only available on, on iOS. Yeah. Um, and it is a paid app. Yeah. But as I said, if you into photography and you you know you you're looking for a little bit of an edge, especially when you go and do something indie arty, then definitely worth having a look see. Um. Uber. We love Uber. Uber. So, did you see that Uber's actually surrendered to Didi in China? No. So, Didi's the other ride-sharing service in China. And basically, they own about 80% of the ride-sharing business. Okay. Uber's burned through like a billion dollars in the last year, just giving away free rides, trying to take um, rides away from Didi. Okay. And I'm pretty sure that Didi's done the same thing. It's just been a war. Yeah. But when I say that they've given in to them, I wouldn't mind giving in for this because it's been reported it's a $35 billion deal um, of Diddy acquiring Uber. Um, they still Are trade they under the buying name. Uber? Yeah, they're buying Uber China. Not Uber Global, just China's $35 billion. So I'm quite happy to capitulate and give in any time someone's to spend that kind of money with me. Um, so that was my Uber okay. news for the week. I love this one, Apple. So bloody politically correct. In in fact, I must check on my phone. On the new version of iOS, I don't know if it's this 9.33 update yeah. or the one afterwards, they are replacing the handgun emoji con with a water pistol. It's going to be like a green and orange water pistol thing. 
I know where they're going with it, but let's, you know, there's certain places that I don't think we really need to worry about shit like that. You know, rather worry about replacing these real looking guns in toy stores than little modicons. I've still Um, got a gun. Huh? I've still got a gun. Are you on 9.33? Yeah. Okay, well then it's still coming. So, yeah, but. So use your your gun while you've got it. Coming to an app store near you soon. Strange I've still got my guns. tornado, which always comes in handy. Can you imagine? The, let's just go. Let's just stay there for a second. Imagine the gangsters. Yo, my my water pistol. That, I'm gonna, and that guy's gonna I'm reply gonna back and he's gonna you. say, you, "You're gonna shoot me with a water pistol." Like what are you a bitch? <laughs> so it's gonna be interesting. <laughs> I'm sure we see some of those screenshots. Um, Instagram being a copycat of Snapchat. Yeah, it's not what? really news. Yeah, didn't you know that? No. So they've how gone. Can Instagram copy them. They've gone now and taken the whole concept of Snapchat, and they've called it Stories or something. It's Instagram Stories. I just found lots of photo shit because I was playing with um, GoldenEye once. So, like, on the filter was all these things, and there was the news that came up. Um, I just – Facebook seems to have a modus operandi of copying people. Like, where's – okay, I was going to say where's innovation. The 360 photo, Mm. the way it it automatically generates itself – well done. Yeah. Great. Awesome app. Probably Works really well. But, that's cool. but but they're copying everyone else on everything. Do you know why? I think why? it's because they've got the people. The whole thing. I mean, there's there's two things you, you develop to get to people or you have people so you develop for them. And app, um, Facebook have the people. You, you're realizing you're using up your philosophy for the end of the show. You're going to have no, to no, come up with another one. Oh, I've got plenty. But that's you're probably one right. thing about being a philosopher is you okay. keep going. <laughs> okay. So this week's list of property. This week's chapter of the Pokemon Chronicles. No, I'm out. No, but I have to Turn because I've been doing it. I'm done. No, but you'll like this one again because... Uh, <laughs> Actually, I want to ask the guests if we can play Pokemon Go with a drone. And that's coming up just now, so just a teaser. Okay, well, they'll have to think about it. Their mics are off at the moment. That would probably be about that would keep me interested. So now that we, everyone knows that we're having drone chats on the... I might have yeah, to put that up chat. anyway. That's cool. But yes, it's a very good question. So here's this week's Chronicle. The New, New York, as in the state, not yep. the city are looking at having um, uh, sex offenders banned from playing Pokemon Go. They're not allowed to play. because then that would have been obvious. Well, you'd think so. But the whole the whole rationale behind it is like the way the game works, for those listeners that don't know and, and are clever enough to have not played, you can put a well thing done. called a lure. You yes, a well done. You have a life. You can put a thing called a lure, like the fishing name. So mm-hmm. you, apparently it, it, it like has pink shit falling from it. And, and it attracts and a whole bunch of stupid people with phones looking down all the time. Correct. But stupid people also are forgiven if they're kids. I love you all. No, but they're forgiven Keep if listening. they're kids. So, you know, kids could be lured, literally. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it makes sense. So, well done. That's my Pokemon Chronicle. I'm also what was the latest Pokemon that you caught or Cade caught? I don't know. I can't even pronounce half these freaking oh, things. Okay, cool. He, he was chasing a Salaman or, or how... Uh, Something, uh, something. I don't know. Great excitement. I'm, I'm really, I'm really over it. So here's a bit of <laughs> trivia. Okay, the world's first public telephone booth. Do you know where that was? Because we were talking about the reason I looked this up. Okay, we were talking about the fact that no one actually uses a phone to phone anymore. We use a phone for everything, but we don't phone. We like mm. WhatsApp and Viber and da 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 da, but we don't phone with them. So the world's first. Telephone booth. Alexander Graham Bell's house the day after he created no, the telephone. No, no, public telephone booth, like where you could go and phone someone and tell them that you care. Yeah, there's a supply and demand problem, okay. so definitely his house. <laughs> okay, I'll put you out your misery. 1889, yeah. inside a bank the Hartford, in Hartford, Connecticut, and it was created by a guy called William Gray. He figured out awesome. how to make a public pay phone. You could actually pay to make a phone call. That's pretty cool, 1889. Monetizing, communication. Yeah, I thought it was started cool. back then. Absolutely odd, but um, yeah, it's uh, it just it was just news that I thought was useful. Cool. Yeah. yeah. So in the futurology show, we do look back every now and again. So before we turn into our guests, yes, I, you know I always try and be cheesy and, and find something that's like kind of leads us into it. So for my for VR, it. my VR um, chronicle or, or yeah. findings for this last week was VR drone racing. Now before you say no, they wear glasses and they follow the drones. Without the actual hardware. So you, it's like a game. Let's just call it what it is. It's a game. Mm. So you can play VR racing. I mean, uh, drone racing, but it's a game and you don't crash anything, which doesn't cost hundreds of thousands of dollars. I mean, the funniest. That's I half to, the fun though. No, but I have to bury my brother. Watching it just shatter into a zillion pieces is awesome. So Gav, now you'll be able to prove if you are listening to me, even if it's on podcast or not, because he says he listens. So my brother-in-law, God bless him, got his big fancy drone. He was so proud of this thing. Came Did he get back. a Phantom 4? I don't know what it was, but he, he, we were like, like, 
ra- playing within the garden and he's yeah. got the iPhone on the control so you can see everything. Yeah. And then he lost connection and a crosswind came Ooh. and zoom across the sleet into the neighbor's garden. That's awesome. And it's a house that no one lives in so he couldn't get into it. I'm like, climb the wall. He's like, yeah, sure. Yeah. Cat will come and shoot me while I'm climbing over. Two things every drone fanatic <laughs> say ever is like hey i have a drone oh i had a drone i had a drone yeah so on that note i will now introduce uh two guys that have drones our guests yeah so we have with us today from a company called um aerobotics uh andrew and benji how's it guys how's it going guys Jeez, it was like stereo huh (laughs) so benji is one of the co-founders correct yeah, that's right. I caught him with a mouthful of water. How's that? That was like this quick sip. Swallow. And go. <laughs> and um, then, Andrew, you're the, you're the business development manager or director yeah, of the commercial company. Director, yeah. Commercial director. Okay, got to get them right. So we need to – sorry, you guys are here from Cape Town. We apologize that you've had no, to slum it for the last few tough. days up here. It's tough. It is tough, eh? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, welcome welcome to the studio. Thank you. So yeah. both of you together, singular, whichever way you want to do it, tell us a little bit more about uh, aerobotics. Cool. So uh, Aerobotics was started a couple of years ago by uh, James Patterson and Benji sitting here. Um, James Patterson, the author. Not the author. Oh, no, not okay, the just author. checking. No, 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 That's no. a long time ago. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> He's branching out. <laughs> the guys did um, their, their undergraduate degree together cool. at UCT. And then James went off to MIT to go and do aeronautical engineering. Awesome. And Benji went to Imperial College London and did neurotechnology. So James was very strong on the, the drone side, the the aviation side um, and Benji was very strong on the data side. I just got to interrupt you. So you really have a business partner who's a rocket scientist, like literally. You know, how cool is that? So it is rocket I'm science. a rocket scientist. No, no, I mean really. I'm a rocket scientist. It's That's cool. a good selling point. It us. is a good selling point. <laughs> yeah. It's great for the chicks as well. Absolutely. Though. I mean, you guys just say, hey, I can launch a rocket. I'm a rocket scientist, you know. Anyway, so cool. Going back to it. Yeah, so the guys were overseas and thinking of a, a nice business to come back to South Africa and Cape Town in particular and start. And uh, two years ago, they came back and set up aerobotics. They awesome. looked into different applications of drones in the market. And the farming survey space was um, something that people were doing around the world. But at that point, it was very early, early days, I think, in the industry. And there was a lot of potential both like worldwide, but in Africa in particular. There's not a lot of guys doing what, what we're doing. So mm-hmm. it was... Uh, a very cool idea, and um, it's been yeah, it's really amazing how the business has gone since then. Excellent. So tell us more about what you guys are doing with drones. So it's great that it's a proudly South African business. It's built here, done here. What are you doing with drones? Before you say that, if anyone wants to join the conversation, 0861-555-189 on Twitter at cliffcentral.com. Facebook Cliff Central, WeChat ID Cliff Central, and hashtag Futurology. Cool. So hashtag drones, hashtag aerobotics, hashtag view from the top, hashtag about damn time. <laughs> We've been talking about drones for ages. Hashtag getting high. Okay. Cool. How about letting them talk about drones? <laughs> okay. So why are we looking down when we should be looking up? Or why did you decide to go drones? And what are you doing? Cool. So, so we're using drones as a, a platform to gather data, as yeah. Andrew mentioned, specifically in agriculture. Okay. Um, so the platforms that we're building are mapping platforms. Nice. They're not kind of the typical drones that you'd come across that are filming and photographing. The, the sensors are kind of mounted looking downwards, and we, we build fully automated systems. So from, from the drone to the software where the drone will fly itself, the cameras will take photographs, and we'll build or we've written mapping an analytical software to analyze that data. Excellent. Um, specifically in the agriculture space where kind of the concept is with crop agriculture, there's this move towards preci- precision agriculture where you kind of treat different parts of your orchard differently depending on how they're doing. So let's let's just play the layman there. And I've actually got family that are involved in farming, so I spend quite a lot of my youth in farms. Cool. I'm assuming that where this really comes into its strength and that's what you're referring to in the mapping is that when a farmer has a field or an, or an orchard, in this case, in, in my uncle's case, they used to grow peaches, you can't see the middle of your crops yeah. um, because, well, you can't. It's not because of anything. You just can't. So is that what you talk about the mapping? You map out the hectares or, or acres of land and then the drones can fly over and show you that your crop's actually still alive inside there? or Exactly. So, so I mean, you could walk through the orchard. It will take you a couple of hours and you won't see everything. So the kind of application here is to to plot a map of that orchard from above where you give him a full sample, um, kind of identifying individual trees in that orchard. And you can also add different spectrums that you can't necessarily see mm. 
by by eye. So like infrared data, which will relate to crop health, you could pick up from aerial data. Okay. That's pretty That's really cool. cool. And then you, obviously you guys will be able to multi-layer that together, give your clients um, sort of access to the data. Exactly. Now, how do you – that's that's the primary part of your business. Now, you're obviously selling drones as well. It's the only website you guys are yeah. doing fixed wings and what's the other thing called? The the Hawk or the – the Scout and the Aerohawk. So the Scout is your multi-prop, the sort of standard-looking drone that we've got. And then you've got your fixed wing, which is more of an aeroplane. Yeah. yeah. Um, but beyond that, you guys have got pricing options for farms – on a monthly basis. Yes. So you don't need to buy a drone and you don't need to go and get a pilot's license and you don't need to become a rocket scientist. You guys can help them from this. How does that work? So again, in the in the kind of fully automated space, the drones are automated, the processing and analytics also are. So from a client's perspective, they kind of plug into our system, data gets uploaded, there's cloud servers that process it and they can log in and view it through a web application uh, where we're looking to, to add analytics that help help the client drive decisions. I have to bury your business partner here, Keith. So, Keith, if you're listening, we did give you a choice to come and join us on the show today and defend yourself. But I'm looking at the prices on the website, and, boy, did you pay a lot of money for your yeah. drone. <laughs> yeah. so Keith, I mean, had, Keith had one of the – he was one of the earlier drone pi- pilots. Pirates. Pirates. Pirates, <laughs> pirates in, in South Africa from the, from the film and television side of life. And uh, I think he, his first drone cost about 250K. It's like more Probably than cost, his car. Cost, cost more than his car at the time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, also it was one of the first with the FPV sort yeah. of viewpoints and all that kind of stuff as well. But – Back then, it was very novel to have a to have a drone to get these great shots, and we were sort of leading leading what we were able to do there. But it's really nice that you guys have taken tech that is sort of seen as a bit of a gimmick, and actually put some really great practical application behind it. Um, how has been the, how's been how has the uptake been? How's been the uptake? Yeah, it's been it's been interesting, especially over yeah. the last couple of months. I think over the last two years before that, the guys were very much developing the software still and figuring out what the best um, like what the best drone would look like and change. So we we make all the drones in house with 3D printers and wow so there's been a lot of like um iterations of the drones over the time and yeah. so that's been happening over the last 2 years and now we've got a a really great platform that we we're taking to market over the last probably 2 months properly now and the way we're looking at doing it is partnering with big players in the different industries um so partners that already have um a client base within a specific type of crop or a um, or in the survey space, in the mining space with mining companies. Because you could do game count and uh, sort of animal census and stuff like that as well. You don't need to do – it's not just agriculture crops. It's Sure. No, that is something that we are looking at. At the moment, we focus very much on the, the crop side yeah. um, and then obviously the survey space as well, which is counting for, uh, for doing volumetrics of, let's say, stockpiles or yes. or doing surveys of land. Um Okay, but uh, it's such a huge industry that you kind of got to pick and choose what you're going to go into. And you're kind of at the edge of the innovation, so you guys are kind of leading the way a lot, of, a lot of the time on this. Are there other companies that are doing it similar to you? Yeah, there are other companies. Not that we want to punt the no, there's, there's definitely, just out of interest. No, there's definitely some players in America and a couple in Israel that are, are getting into the game. But in South Africa, there's not there's not a lot of companies that are writing the end-to-end systems. Um, so it's a nice. Uh, it's a nice launch pad for us to to get in, entrenched in the, the African market. Excellent. It's very exciting. Staying with the end to end, um, you know, th- this is the part that always intrigues me is that is that three sixty service. I mean that's something that Brett and I pride ourselves on when it comes to our clients and the world we play in. Is the future of what you guys doing hardware specific or software? And, and it's a double edged question. I seem to do that a lot to people. I'm yeah. like always ask a question with another question. So you have to pay attention. I know you guys are from Cape Town, so maybe one of you can focus on the first and one on the second. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but, um, what a dick. <laughs> I'm from Joburg though. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll so guess, you, I guess you, we know you'll get there. <laughs> I guess it's too polite to say it. Um, nice. so, so basically what I was getting to is that, and, and Keith is a perfect example. Two years ago or three years ago, whatever it was, this thing cost like Many five times ago, yeah. more. It's the same with TVs, the same with phones, the same with anything. As you take it off the shelf, it goes down. So is your business about the software and the analytics? I mean, you know, I, I see Benji, you nodding your head. What I mean is it doesn't really matter what the tech does. It's what you guys are invested in the software side and obviously the solution side. Correct. How does that evolve though as the tech changes and, and more importantly, can you interface with other people's tech? Because that's the golden yeah. question. Yeah, so I, I think we've taken exactly that approach where the software has been the focus. We, we're we using the drones kind of purely as a platform to gather the data. Uh, at the moment, drones are the best way of doing that, which is why we're building drones and we've built the kind of company around them. 
but we are writing the software and building the analytics in such a way that, say, tomorrow satellite technology gets as kind of affordable and as high resolution as drone imagery, you could plug that in and use that instead. Or if some other kind of technology came up, that would be the case too. So so the software is kind of where we see this this business um, thriving. But having said that, on the the hardware side, there are kind of constraints that you do have to take into account. So like while certain companies overseas will say focus on purely building a software a software business or analytics business for drone data, again, you're constrained by the data that's coming in. Mm. So we kind of think it's important that to, to have kind of the full um, access to the, the end-to-end system, like you mentioned, where we want to have control over that data too because at the end of the day, if the data that's coming in is not accurate, it's not accurate mm. you can't do anything with it. That no, makes sense. But now, and that brings me to, let's say I've gone and bought a really cool drone, you know, and th- there are some good ones out, yeah. out there. I mean, let's be honest, and we can get into the fun stuff just now. We can also get into birds taking drones out. Mm. But um, is there a minimum requirement that you guys need? And is that the reason why you started building your own? Uh, well, you'd build your own because there's obviously clients like myself that are looking for an end to end. But let's say I've got a really cool drone. It's an octocopter. It's got a two-hour battery life. I don't know, whatever it needs to have. An octocopter. I don't know. Isn't it like an eight-winged copter thing in the jobby? Hashtag uh, octocopter. Uh, Someone's made one. I'm sure there's one somewhere and in no, China. No, They've probably got octocopters with house, a double-decker <laughs> level. It's so you can say. put your – but, um, you know, most of these things probably have GoPros as their camera tech, the, the serious ones. Yeah. I mean, they all come with their own little pinhole cameras, which, let's be honest, they're worth nothing. But is – the GoPro has a Wi-Fi API or an SDK. Is that all you need then to extract the data? Do you still need to include other hardware technology? Yeah, so so the GoPro would work for a certain layer of data. Um, so you'll get a visual, say, map of your orchard in the farming space. But but like we said, we, we focus kind of on bringing in these other streams of data too. So, for example, the infrared imagery, where, again, you could buy an off-the-shelf, say, infrared camera and connect it to your drone. But, but how... In terms of calibrating that camera and understanding the data that's coming in, there's a whole lot of kind of background research and work that goes into that, which is, again, why we've kind of brought that all in-house. And on the sensor system, we're, it's more the sensor system than the actual drone in our case that's, that's of value and of interest. I actually saw on your web, you've got like a sensor engineer. You've got like a dedicated dude yeah. who sits there. What do you do for a living? I fix sensors. <laughs> I sense things. I sense things. <gasps> I sense dead people. Oh, no, wrong show. Um, okay, so I have a, cu- I have a curious question. Sure. So we're doing drones Benjamin. and it's agricultural uh, focus. Were you guys, were you a farmer before you were anything else? Why, Does he why look the, like a why farmer? Why agricultural? <laughs> Maybe. Okay. It's hard to tell from people from Cape Town. Yeah, that's also true. And I'm the dick. <laughs> Sorry, Benji. <laughs> no, so so James, uh, the CEO and co-founder, yes. is he's from the farming background. Okay, at the rocket scientist. Yeah. Um, yeah. So so kind Farm of the f- rockets. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's it. It was just the obvious thing. To be. Okay, cool. So you took you took drones and you brought that in. Um, the reason why I ask is we get a lot of startups and we get a lot of people asking like, how do I, how do we innovate? How do we come up with an idea that we know will work? And how do you mix these two paradigms together? There's this high tech drone technology with low end really root grassroots literally level agriculture and how do we make them benefit each other um with that in mind there's there's this idea of failing fast in order to learn quick i want to know some of your fail fast or fail big uh things that led you up to aerobotics because there's no way you just said like monday we're going to come up with a name tuesday we'll have the drone wednesday we're going to have the business thursday we'll have clients uh tell us some of your fail stories and what did you learn along the way so Fail stories in terms of things that have gone wrong? Or well, things that go up often come down. And yeah. uh, how many times did you have to come down before you learned how to keep it up? So we've had, <laughs> we've had a few of those. Um, there, there was a client early days about two years ago in the Karoo where we kind of thought it would be a good idea to do a 10-hour road trip up into the Karoo and demonstrate a drone that we'd never… Demos are awesome, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> it just, just happened to be a system we'd never flown ourselves before. <laughs> and it was kind of our first meeting. We dressed dressed up and… Drove into the Karoo, kind of stopped what six hours into the drive, did a little test flight. He said, okay, it looks looks good. It working. flies. <laughs> Got there, did the demo, and the drone just flew in completely the wrong direction. Was that because um, the remote control was upside down? No, no it's so because it's, it's from Cape Town originally. <laughs> so when it went past the mountain into the Karoo, everything switched back to normal mode. I mean, it, it, it was obvious. Okay, you, got it, you got it back. Yeah, we got it back. Um, <laughs> we didn't get it back in the air. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, it was kind of part of the part of the route that got us here. Is the client still your client today? He is. So there um, we go. So it's a good story. Yeah. I've got a, a more recent story than that. Uh, on uh, on Wednesday last week, we went up to Brits to do a big demo to a whole bunch of farmers up there, and uh, the guys got there quite tired from working throughout the night and forgot a battery for it's a surveillance drone. So you actually need like the screen to watch the thermal imagery below you, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, I forgot the battery for the screen and ended up having to like, bring a car onto the onto the middle of the field, hot wiring, hot the, wiring the thing up to the battery. Great, a great start, but uh, yeah, it worked. And the uh, batteries were on their way up next day. Uh, but that's cool, though. I mean, those are those are actually those are nice, uh, nice little fells. But you keep trying, which is the good thing. My the, the question that I want to ask you guys. I mean, it. I didn't realize that someone was actually making this tech in South Africa. So we have to now call you Apple because you're doing the software and the hardware solution, and it's all playing nicely. Why fixed wing and why? I mean, okay. So I know that for a, a, a drone, as we call them, like the ones with the helicopters, yeah. they hover and they're better. But what are some, you know, I've, I don't think anyone thinks drone when they think of a fixed wing. You know, that's more like a plane. Yeah. And planes don't take off and land from the hover, or do they in this case? You know, I'm actually quite intrigued by that because I know normally with, with a plane-shaped thing, it has to fly. Yeah. It has to take off and has to land. So is that true for drones, or does it also have, like, the vertical lift in that? Or, and, and what would the reason be? Is it a longer range? What, what do you make those for? Yeah, so, so the the planes or the fixed wings do have a, a constraint in that you do need a takeoff. You need a place to take off and you need a little strip to land. The takeoff's generally a hand launch. You throw it as if you're throwing a paper airplane. Okay. Um, and the land, you do get some that will come come into land with a parachute or or maybe in a net, but it's not going to land on a point uh, kind of from a vertical position like the drone you know would. Um but the kind of the big benefit of the fixed wing over the, the quad is that it's got a much longer flight time. Um, so the, for an example, our, our fixed wing system will fly for about an hour, 15 minutes, where the quad will fly for 20 minutes with exactly the same sensor systems, the same battery. It's just the body that's different. And you've got three less engines or motors on the exactly, fixed wing. Exactly. So it's just an aerodynamically yeah. better vehicle. Okay, so... That was the next question I was going to get to was the battery life. Yeah. You were saying it's 20-odd minutes on a on a copter, a yeah. drone, um, and then an hour-odd, hour 20 on a fixed. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a huge difference. Yeah. But still, both of them are still quite small. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. Is that technology that's changing? Is it is it purely the limitations of battery packs? I'm assuming it's polymer. So it's the same as like a cell phone and it charges. takes four hours to charge and you're only getting 40 minutes. That's got to be quite a big handbrake in drones, not just for you guys. I mean, I know it's the same for any drone. You can go and buy any drone off the shelf. I go in those little fun pocket things. I think it's like four minutes. I had, I had one of those. No, yeah. no, most, you see, I haven't played with mine a lot. That's why I still have it. But I know they normally go Ce- smash. Ceiling fans and small drones don't yeah. mix well. No. Yeah, so, so it is, it's definitely a big constraint. Um, there are fuel-based drones that you can fly also oh, really? like many yeah. proper airplanes. It's, we're in the battery space, though. Um, and yeah, it is a constraint, but also people don't realize 20 minutes actually is a significant amount of time. In, in our case, if you're mapping out orchards on a farm, it'll get you about 20 hectares, which is actually, I mean, it's like 20 rugby fields. It's a big it's area. It's big. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and I mean, an hour and 15 minutes is, what's it, six times that. It's, it, it's actually quite a that significant amount of time. It is quite big, huh? Does it have a come home function that yeah. it knows it's gone because that was my next thing so you got this big field right that you don't want to walk into to go and see the condition of the trees but your your drone runs out of battery and i can go find it yeah of course so it automatically flies so do you actually pre-program its flight pattern take yeah. us through the journey because there's going to be quite a lot of ai involved in this as well yeah. so so the platform gets sold with a tablet um where there's an app that we've put together on the tablet which is basically a google earth mm. layer where you can say i want to fly specific area you can draw a circle around that area you can say send send those waypoints to the drone and fly and from that point until the drone ends the flight it's completely automated okay so uh, and that kind of plan that you've set up on the tablet it's just a set of gps coordinates that get sent to the drone and it's on board flight controller kind of tells it go to point one point two point three come back and land okay so if you gave it 
more flying area than it could. It yeah. knows that. So it will only do half of it, come back and do a battery change, and then go back like to where it started, uh, where it ended. Is, is that right? So you can set that up, yeah. So so at the moment what we do is we've got, That's cool, we've got kind of a safety return to home, it's called, option, yeah. which says kind of once a battery hits a certain level, no matter where you are, come back to where you took off from. We need to stick one of those in our kids. <laughs> no matter where you are at such and such a time, come back. Oh, I'm going home now. <laughs> With a shock color. <laughs> yeah. I love my children. But, so. but there's some cool stuff happening in that battery space. So like yes. we've been talking to a company um, that James, one of the guys that James went to MIT with. Mm. They've started a business in the US. That Shit, he really is a rocket scientist. He really is. He really <laughs> is. I like MIT as well. <laughs> so they've, they've built these ground stations for the drones. So now the drone can automatically change its own batteries and stuff. So eventually you'll have like a station where the drone lives. Oh, just, just and I, I was going to say, what do you mean change? It just what, like so lays an egg and pops a new one? Something in. like that. Yeah, so it will really? be, be a little solar-powered station so on a farm that's charging batteries, and the drone will come land on it. It'll swap out its depleted battery and get a new one. Clever. So no, no more human intervention. This thing just flies whenever you want it to, once a week, once a day. That's amazing and terrifying, all at the same time. <laughs> now, the Civil Aviation Authority uh, is one of the things that you guys obviously had to play nice with uh, somewhere along the way. And uh, now the nice thing is that, Agricultural fields are very seldom right next to a major airport, so the, the rules of being within a, a, the airspace is not a problem. But there are also other things to worry about, like birds of prey. And uh, the reason why I bring this up is that the police in Netherlands are actually using birds of prey, big-ass eagles, that are trained to take out drones that are in their space. Now, you guys might not have that because of a regulation, but you might actually have that because of where you are. Have you had any inc- incidents with things, or is that... S- what have you all been, and you can count CAA as wild animals as well if you want to. <laughs> what has been your encounter with trying to get legislation and just uh, factors that you maybe hadn't thought of before? Yeah, I mean. Speak freely because there's a good chance they don't listen to our show. So if you want <laughs> yeah, to but, slate them, you but can. But just in case. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> no, we've been, we've been dealing with um, the CAA um, quite a bit, especially on James's side. Um, he deals with them a lot. But we advise our clients on what the process is. You need a, a license to fly a commercial drone. So if you are going to use it for business, you need a uh, an RPL to fly it, okay. and you have to um, get that done. And we we help our clients to go through the process. We've got a partner in the industry that we use to help them do the course. And oh, cool. yeah, it's all like almost like an online thing these days. Um, that you can do most of it online, and there's a bit of bit of flying then, obviously, that you need to do. Because again, at the edge of innovation, a lot of custom education or custom education is a lot of what we do. You've got to try and say, yes, you can do this, but did you know that you have to go X, Y, and Z first? Yeah. And then you can get into that. So it's it's really good that you guys are offering that sort of consultancy to get that turnkey approach to, to the solution. Um, I'd like to jump into success stories. What do you want to... Before you go there, I want to stay with that because you mentioned if you're using it for commercial purposes. Mm. I mean, that to me is a very gray area. <laughs> so I own a farm. I'm growing my stuff and I'm selling my stuff. That's my land. I mean, if you take the real mentality of a farmer, you come on my land, I shoot you kind of thing. So if I'm using a drone to check my crops and then it's flying within the borders of my my land, my farm, do I still need to get a, a license? Is that still deemed commercial or is that deemed private? Yeah, so they, they pretty much say anything that you use it to make money is commercial. So if you're using it to... Increase your yields on your farm. It's really? going to be commercial. Yeah, it is. It is a little bit on the grey side, I think, because at the end of the day, when you fly that drone, you could easily say, "I'm just flying it for fun at the yeah. time." But would they know? And I mean, I'm not challenging authority here. I, I'm yes, just you are. no, I'm not. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> suggesting guys go and do it. Let's be honest, though, yeah. Brett. I mean, look how the taxis drive down the sides <laughs> of the roads, and the cops don't do anything about it. You know, and they're on the roads. Mm. Well, they sitting under the trees on the road somewhere but i'm on a farm in the middle of nowhere yeah you know does the caa have like flight tracking software that's checking for things i go is it a bird is it a plane note some dude flying his drone on a on a farm i know you wouldn't advocate that i'm not expecting to i'm just saying that what are the chances of them actually policing this or is it in the case of the flip side that murphy's law something actually goes wrong and then you're in shit. But yeah. you can take that chance knowing and you'd probably get away with it. Or it's just I find it quite frustrating because I'm looking at the website. The money that you guys are asking for a system doesn't seem expensive to me. If it can increase my yields or prevent problems, they're gonna wipe me out for five or six years. 
um, that's a different discussion. I could go back to the CA and say, listen, if I'd used this damn thing, um, I wouldn't have lost all my money and I wouldn't be seeing you now. You know, it can, it can yeah. kind of go both ways. They can't track it though. I'm assuming there's no that, way that I'm going to get an email that says you no, were using a drone. Unless Probably it's not. your angry neighbor. Yeah. Telling on you. So you can get reported. Ah, true. Yeah. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. And, and, and farmers actually do because that border between them is, is, is always a, Highly contested area. <laughs> you know? Yeah. No, I think at the end of the day, probably they wouldn't get, they probably wouldn't get caught, but I mean, that's not something that we want to play around with and we want to You're just. You're not building a business for two weeks worth of no. business. You want to try and make sure. Exactly. And I get that. And that's what I'm saying to you. I'm expecting you to actually sanction it. Uh, we don't sanction anything that's against the law. I'm just saying that there are going to be people that want to take a chance. There's going to be people that want to use the product yeah. that haven't got the time. And I'm assuming it's expensive to get an RFL, whatever you call it. RPL, yeah. RPL. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that's more than a good few thousand rand to get it done. So the it guy's is. saying, well, I'm in for this. How much is it, roughly? I think it's about 20,000 rand. That's a lot of money. Mm-hmm. You know, 20 grand is mm-hmm. 20 grand. So, you know, I don't know. You're talking about success I'm, stories. I'm in your... I'm on your demo at the moment, and it's cool. I'm, I'm not a drone pilot or an agricultural engineer of any sorts. Probably a good thing seeing <laughs> yeah. you sitting on the tech radio show. Yeah, no, I, I can fly drones, but I can crash them better. Apparently, you can't. Yeah, so I can say you <laughs> yeah. told me about your crashing. But what I what I do like is the way that you've integrated everything into one thing. Now I can go and I can plot the hectare size of my crop. I can see viable crop. I can see not viable crop. I can also do all of these things. But my mind is thinking you obviously flying your drones at a set altitude every single time so that you know that your measurement tool works at a certain thing. Um, that's obviously something you play, play um, as well. That's not, not actually do, correct. No, you, you, can, you, can, you can change your altitude, altitude height depending on um, what your farm looks like and, and what put a measurement reference are. in place and you say that's our reference sure. point. And it's obviously better quality the lower you fly. So okay. If, okay. And I see you've, you've integrated with Google Earth as well. Yeah. So you don't necessarily need to have a drone flyover right now unless you want the, the mapping. Uh, so, so the Google Earth we just use as a kind of background to yes. orientate the imagery. So the, the maps that we generate are all geo-referenced. Yep. Uh, meaning okay, that, cool. I mean, as a farmer, you can look at the map and say, this tree doesn't look so good. Yeah. What's its coordinates? You can yeah. walk into the orchard and go check it out. Yeah. And back um, in May, this is what my crop looked like. Exactly. So now I want to see what it looked like after you guys got involved. So you just overlay the current uh, yeah. state. Exactly. So that's really, really cool. So predominantly, who are your clients? So <clears throat> our, our clients are big, bigger players in different fields that go out to sell to their clients. Um, Excuse the pun, yeah. Yeah, I can't really start. We're busy signing a lot of contracts at the moment, That's so I'd fine. rather not talk about names. But um, in the industries, so really in the sugarcane industry, okay. um, macadamia industry, nice, we're looking okay. in the wine industry, citrus, citrus. Um, okay. we're busy Have there been any out. that surprised you? Have you had anybody come and say like, "Hey, I could really use what you guys do over here"? We've had a chili farmer from Zimbabwe. Oh, really? <laughs> um, yeah, I think get cash up front. <laughs> and a couple Nigerians. <laughs> Oh, really? Get cash up right. In fact, don't Wouldn't get be cash. Able to carry it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so there's there's good there's good movement into the African market. They're seeing the need for it, yeah. and that'll lead to what I wanted to talk about earlier. We've spoken about some fails. Um, what are the success stories? Because a lot of what's happening in digital enhancement in in industries is the fact that we're able to make our clients more proactive with decisions, better informed decisions, better timed decisions. Um, tell us some of the success stories you guys have had. Yes, I think on, on the software side, there's something quite innovative we've done that people have really taken to in that there are other solutions where you can get these maps out of drones with maybe a health index of your, your crop. Um, but the feedback we were getting was that it's not actionable. And for your average farmer to understand that it's complicated, he needs a consultant. So we went and wrote a piece of software which identifies individual trees and gives you a health metric of each tree on a time basis. So each time you fly, you can see how individual trees are doing and track the, that change over time, uh, which is quite unique, and people have really kind of taken to it in, in that space. Excellent. Cool. Can we divert away from aerobotics specifically, or have you got you some can. more questions? I just wanted to find out, are there any before we do, are there any other industries that you guys are working in? I mean, it, we seem to be too much farming, but is there opportunities in, like, the built environment or mining? or I mean. So, so we've got a mining and survey product awesome. um, for kind of volumetric analyses or land surveying or exploratory surveying. Um, those are kind of the big ones at the moment. But, I mean, okay. in the future, there's so much application. I mean, the security space is a huge one. I used to be in the security game, actually, and there's yeah. there's a huge potential there. But, I mean, it just, it's just about 
um, trying to like uh, get some traction in these industries that we built sure. the product for first and cool. and moving. One of the awesome things about drones, I think this is where GoPro and all the guys have all gotten involved, is the fact that you can take people can go to places that people can't go, uh, and the drones take us virtually to, to a whole different uh, stratosphere of where we're able to go. Um, some of the things are scientific in nature. Some of them are just for shits and giggles. But uh, what are the, some of the cool things that you guys have seen outside of aerobotics specifically? What are the cool things you've seen drones moving into? Um, I mean, there's obviously the first-person filming stuff. There's yep. a, a platform called The Lily. I'm not sure if you guys mm. have seen it. That's brilliant. When you awesome. throw it and it follows you, yeah, that's really cool. You, Are you building one? No. Why not? <laughs> no, I'd like to have you got one? one? Yeah. You, can, you can't actually buy them yet. You can pre-order them. Okay. Right. But you've got a rocket scientist as a partner. Can't you just convert one of yours like and make it the Yelial or something? Potentially, yeah. Good stuff. <laughs> We're so on the, the waiting list. That's cool. <laughs> nice. We'll definitely have you, have you guys back when we get one in the studio. Or when you get one, come join us. Awesome. awesome. Cool. I mean, that's that's probably the the most impressive thing I've seen. There's yeah. there's a system now that's coming out called VTOL, which is vertical takeoff and landing. Mm-hmm. So it's actually it's a fixed wing plane that has props on it that lets oh, you wow. take off vertically and land on the spot. Two. That's quite cool. That's like uh, what are those those Roy cuts or whatever that we Harriers and that the yeah, you know, yeah. it's that technology yeah. basically. Exactly. There's no. also the, the yep. delivery space. I don't know if you yes. guys have tracked like Amazon. Yes. Yes. Um, there's some guys in Africa delivering blood samples. There's some cool. Now, okay, so obviously the CAA thing doesn't apply everywhere in Africa. It's all aviation throw because exactly what you said. I remember reading an article about that where if the, the guys are remote and there's no real road infrastructure, but there's an Ebola breakout or something like that or malaria breakout, they took a blood sample and they used a drone to get it to the, the yeah. lab. I mean, that's freaking amazing. Yeah. Now, you get some doers in a, in a tar sitting somewhere in the game. No, I'm sorry. It's a drone. You need a license. I mean, you're doing my life-saving here. Um so, is it just us on the continent that's so strict? Are they equally strict in America? Because, I mean, you know, we've seen those things like Heineken at rock concerts bring you a beer. And there's been talk of um, one of the delivery companies like doing small deliveries, like light things. You know, if, if the payload is like really like a, a USB drive or something, guys on like the 30th floor of a building and zzz, this thing comes up. You know, I know they do it for advertising, but the point is they do it, which means it can be done, which means it's awesome. You know, um, is there an opportunity for us in that space here or no? Because the CIA, is it happening? Is it a space you can play in? Yes, I think on the, the CIA side, we're kind of quite positive that they're going to catch up to the technology sooner rather okay. than later. That's good. Um, an example is Australia where we, we've been looking at quite, quite kind of recently in that they kind of also had this blanket ban over drones for a while. And they've now got to a stage where they've said any drone under two kilograms you can fly. Commercially, commercially, because two sure. kilograms won't hit you if it falls out of the sky at 100 meters. So, might hit you. Just so we've just dead. designed a new a new drone that's 1.4 kilograms, and we're rolling them out there. Nice, nice. well done. Yeah. See a gap and fill it. Absolutely, awesome. Very good good on you, good mate. entrepreneurial spirit. <laughs> now at CES earlier this year, we saw the the Chinese Ehang company had, <laughs> yeah. had created their their first one person craft uh, drone oh, yes. for, for actual awesome a manned vehicle. Um, what do you guys, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, those regulations are going to take a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Coming from the 1.4 to an entirely huge thing. Um, uh, that's an amazing space, I think. Yeah. Mm. Do you, do you think that we're getting what was there? That movie? Fifth element or something, sixth element or something where they had these like cars the flying element. like all oh, over the place. They'd be... run uh, all of them. They've all got some, yeah. I'm very disappointed that we aren't there yet. Yeah. But how soon do you, th- how far do you think you, we are away from it from? I think, uh, I mean, stuff like the self-driving car is going to come long before that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, Maybe 10 years. It's just the the whole infrastructure, again, that needs to surround that yeah. is what's going to take time. I reckon Tesla's getting, going to get pretty close with it. Uh, yeah. But I, I love the name, the, the E-Hang. E-hang. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. the last thing you want to do while you're hanging in the areas for something to hang. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, you'd think it actually came from here. It's like E-Hang. It hangs and you don't anymore. <laughs> okay, so I'm dying to talk about racing because that's not even something that I've seen that much here. Now, I don't know if you guys have built drones that are spec for racing or even followed it. I don't know. Um, Have you heard of the drone racing? Yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. we've got one guy who works for Asadik who's a, an avid racer. Okay. So is there racing in South Africa? Yeah. Yes. Okay. So, but is it? It's obviously totally different technology from from the space that you're playing in. Is it the way? That, I mean, they they obviously have, to have different apps and different. Yeah. So that's this kind of virtual reality space mm-hmm. with a little drone with a kind of nimble drone that you can control and view first person. And you guys wouldn't be looking again to anything in that space. I mean, it's not. It, it's fun. It's not. 
serious. You know, and I think those drones are, mind you, serious. These those things, things cruise at like eighty miles. Yeah, I was going to say those serious. things actually go pretty. They go pretty quickly. I was about to correct myself yeah, on that. That's crazy. So one of your guys actually does race. Yeah, he raced. I didn't realize that they were actually racing in South Africa. I must be honest. Yeah, I love the I'm fact that a picture is, of it. all That's the technology is standardized. So it really is up to the, the, the pilot's skill. Um, and one thing's great, like we can have as much great tech as possible, but if you don't have expertise behind how the tech works or what yeah. it can do, like this is great for reinforcing that kind of stuff. And with any type of new tech, we've got to make sure that we upskill as much as we learn so that we can keep it being something that changes the future. Um, how fast does your unit go and could it be entered into a race? So ours wouldn't be entered into a race. I got about <laughs> 15 meters a second. Max. Okay, cool. So you've got more uh, of the rhino rather than the cheetah. Yeah. But it's effective. Yeah, exactly. Again, the the faster our system flies, the worse the imagery is going to be that comes out of it because yeah, we're snapping we photographs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's, so that's awesome. And we're getting to a point now where we don't just have great drone tech. We've mm. actually got specific drone tech. It's it's specialized yeah. built stuff purpose. built for purpose, mm. and before we've kind of gotten through that gap now of it being a gadget, a gadget, and a gadget, and a novel thing. <laughs> a gadget, a gadget, a gadget. Okay. We go with that gadget, gadget. Before it's a gadget, it's a gadget. Recover, <laughs> and that's 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 one up from a widget as well. <clears throat> okay, cool. But uh, yeah, that's it's it's great that we're going to the next space. And again, I want to just keep pushing the futurology question. We we're always looking into the future. Like, what? Where else are we going to use this? Are we going to have are you going to take your agriculture engineer, your, your farmers up with you? Are you going to take your QS people? Are they going nice. to be in these things or are they just going to keep being safe I think, on the ground? I think for us, it's going to be more like the data and the analytics get better and better and better. So True. you'll get to a point now where we're saying you've got a problem in this part of your orchard. More regularly. But then it's going to get to a point where it says what the actual problem is in that point of the orchard and how to fix it. And so that's where it's going to go more than the drone getting better. It's the data and getting I think there are there are also kind of people looking into actioning that data and say crop spraying or, or actually make using the drones to make the decisions yeah. based off the data you're gathering. And that's one of the things. I mean, everybody's mm. finding gadgets and gadgets and wizards and everything <laughs> else we can find. But technology is optimizing the way we do life. It's optimi- optimizing the way we do business. And that's that's why we're adopting it quite, quite regularly at the moment. But one of the prerequisites for great digital optimization is to keep human beings safe. Now, we've got drones that can fly directly into tornadoes. Uh, we've got ways of seeing things without wow. people going, well, what would you want to go to? No, but now scientists what's going to go happen to it? It goes into it, goes... Poomp. But we learn stuff. <laughs> yeah, we learned a drone that went... <laughs> if you're going to crash it, crash it with a, a, a very good reason. Okay. I was going to think of some big endemic <laughs> system. But yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, there's 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 all these things that are going to optimize, and I, I want to stay away from let's stay away from aerobotics. What's the next thing in tech? Forget drones and all these things. But where do you guys see tech? I'm going to put you on the spot. Does Basically, help? I'm a bit short of things to wrap up the show, so I need you guys <laughs> to do it for me. And and I've I'm got a couple, so that's fine. That's cool. I mean, I still think the self-driving car is a big, the big push. Big one. That's the one to look out for. No, we've been following that quite closely as well. Yeah. We also we also like that, Andrew. Something that I find quite strange is that it still takes, um, like, I think eight hours to get from London to New York. And yeah. I think there needs to be, something's going to happen in that space quite soon. Well, it did a few years ago until they started crashing. But yeah, I, mean, I know. We, but we I mean, are missing can, the we've got, we've gone back 20 years. It's no, you're right. Uh, we were talking about that the other day. Yeah. Um, I think there's actually a Concord and it's Heathrow, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. When you drive out, there's one that's mounted. Mm, that's cool. And you look at it, it's actually quite a small craft. And you know, everyone that flew on it, my dad's business partner, um, my dad, yeah. He was fortunate enough to fly the Concorde. And he said, you know, everyone had the same experience. It's awesome. It's quick. But it's hell of uncomfortable. Mm. We've come so far, as you've just said, that we should have something like that. I want to talk about war quickly because, I mean, let's be honest. The world's a bit poked at the moment. I mean, if you turn on any news station, it's uh, it's just doom. Uh, someone got bombed here. Someone got bombed there. Now, I know they use drones in their technology. Mm. Um, you know, I've seen drones taking in for photography, like probably the stuff you guys do with thermal. I've seen them taking payloads in as well, and boom, you know, and they confirm the hit. Especially the the fixed wing ones. You know, those things can come from nowhere, and they silent and they do what they need to do. No, no, but I've actually got a I've got a friend. I I can't actually say much more than that. Who who plays quite aggressively in that space, and he, he, you know, he's does a lot of the black ops stuff and he works in the sure. in the tech center and they, they were saying they use drones for payloads 
surely that's a space that you guys could be looking at as well. I mean, you're building this tech. Danelle's around the corner in Pretoria. You're probably not allowed to say if you have or haven't spoken to him, but that's got to be a huge market is that you're saving people's lives and using the machines to go in and do what – I don't want to walk around a corner and see if I get shot. Oh, okay, we know there's a sniper there. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, we have been approached by people in that space. We specifically have decided not to go there because yeah. kind of of the moral – Issues is um, it a moral issue? And I'm not. I'm not. And we're right at the end of the show, so it's definitely not the right time find, to get. Let me find a bunch of humans you can shoot with a bullet. No, yeah, it's pretty bit. But no, here's what I'm saying. I'm a father. Okay, mm. I would hate my son to get conscripted to go and fight, especially in a war that's probably pointless. Okay, I don't believe in war, and I think it's a waste of time. But it's this necessary evil that the United States keeps uh, investing in. I'd much rather send a machine or machines in mm. to a do the recce. Keep us safe. B yeah. Do the damage, you know yeah. what I mean? Um, surely it's not a moral issue that you're actually saving lives, not destroying them. But would you rather have those machines coming into America too? From yeah, the other like, side. I mean, it's yeah. yeah. I, 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 this is this is a topic for another. Yeah, no, I think we, we should we, go. I think we should go. I think we should we go can't. back to, to playing chess. <laughs> personally, virtual reality chess. I just, that was for me was where the natural growth is. Is that given how much yeah. war and fighting is going yeah. on? You know, when you were, and you were talking about movies, you watch the guys on TV and they wear those bomb suits, you know, yeah. and they go to the bomb. And let's be honest, I mean, really, if that thing detonates in real life, you could be wearing a Sherman tank, you're gone, you yeah. know. I'd much rather send a machine, and they do, they send the robots in now with their claws and everything mm-hmm. else. But send in a drone, let it hover, take, I mean, you've got probably, what, 1080, 2, 2 HD, 4HD, mm-hmm. or 4K rather. They've um, got infrared, buddy. That's what I'm saying. So you can go in and get everything you need to do from it, bring it cool. back. And solve the problems. So it's definitely yeah, another day. Um, Ready for the wrap up? Are you? Yeah, I've been thinking. Have you? Yeah. And it could smell burning earlier, and I wasn't <laughs> sure. What is the thought of the week? The thought. Well, it's, it's a thought of the show. A the, thought of the show. I don't know if it'll last tomorrow, but we'll see how it goes. Technology's got to move so fast. But I'm really excited to see how well you guys are doing. Uh, that you actually created a space in. Uh, proudly South African space and you're moving into Africa you're moving into Australia it's great that there's tech homegrown tech that's moving out to the space and I, I encourage you guys to keep doing it I'm sure we're going to see you again but that's the thing is that there are so many startups and so many new ideas out there that if you don't actually try to get it done you never know where you're going to end up and I mean you didn't know maybe that you were going to end up here when you were busy studying or busy flying drones and it's it's really encouraging to see that these stories are coming to fruition and not just a little bit like there's actually great traction you guys are going um there are abilities for venture capitalists and people to get behind these types of ideas so uh if you're listening get behind these types of ideas because they really are going to shape the future uh and it's it's going to shape it in one way for for good crops and drought and all these things that we can keep an eye on but at the same time we've got tornadoes springing up in the middle of townships so like we could predict these things better if we had this type of technology and uh, it's great that it's coming from south africa it's great that we can keep it is great. Uh, preaching the the good news from here um but uh yeah i think just inspiring all in all i think the, the the big message and the thought for the day is if you are an aspiring entrepreneur or innovator or change agent commit to the change go and go and do it go disrupt go go ask questions and uh yeah actions go for it cool well guys I want to thank you again for joining us. It's been awesome. I, I wish we'd got into the war topic earlier because <laughs> I could see we were going to go down that road for a while. Uh, Andrew Benji, thank you. Thank Website you. once again, aerobotics.co.za, right? Correct. Cool. And uh, yeah, this is the Futurology Show brought to you by MTN Business. Until next time, keep your screens clean and your knobs shiny. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Cheers. Cliffcentral. Cliff I've got something important to tell you. Cliffcentral.com.